Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we think about the missional courage, character and care of St Paul, may we hear your call to take the gospel with the courage that you provide, with Christ-like character and with deep care and love for those who do not yet know you. Amen. I don't know how you first heard the gospel. Uh, I heard the gospel 25 or so years ago, but last year I also heard the gospel. I was in the uh, Burke Street Mall back in those days when we could freely travel to other states. I'd taken my children for a weekend uh, of watching AFL football and uh, I was walking through the Burke Street Mall. It's very similar to the, the Hobart Mall. And there was a, a gentleman who had got a milk crate and turned it into a soapbox and he was standing on it and he had a megaphone. And he was telling me and everyone who was shopping and working and on their lunch break that judgment was coming, that hell awaited anyone who didn't know Jesus, that Jesus was the only way. And then for some reason he paused and looked at me directly and said that sinners were going to burn in hell. I don't know what he knew about me that uh, others didn't. Uh, as a Christian who is desperate that others know the good news of Jesus, I find these turn or burn street corner evangelists who yell at me without taking the time to get to know me very off-putting. When I hear them and their exclusive message of judgment and hellfire, I think how effective is that as a way of sharing the good news of Jesus with others? Will God use them to bring others to faith in his son, Jesus? Perhaps he will. But for me, an introvert, the idea that God would want me tomorrow to go and spend my day in the Hobart Mall on a soapbox with a megaphone yelling at people that they have to turn to Jesus, people that I don't know, is terrifying. There's got to be a better way of sharing Jesus with others, a more natural way, a more genuine way, a less terrifying way and a more effective way to share Jesus with our families, our friends, our workmates, that they might come to know and love Jesus as we know and love him. Morris and Amanda are being sent in partnership with this church by CMS to Cambodia to share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. We won't be sending them with a megaphone, a loudspeaker. In our reading today from Paul's first letter, first letter to the Thessalonians, Paul gives a wonderfully rich description of how he first shared the Christian story, the good news of Jesus, with the Thessalonians when he first went there. Paul's missional endeavours were marked by courage, character and care. As we look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, let's consider if, we would be wise, if it would be wise for us to adopt Paul's model, not the model of the Burke Street Mall evangelist. So firstly, let's think about missional courage. Paul and his two friends, Silas and Timothy, needed courage to share the good news about Jesus with the Thessalonians. Courage that God gave them. You know, brothers and sisters, Paul writes, that our visit to you was not without results. 
We had previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know. But with the help of God, we dared tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. Paul, Silas and Timothy had been very effective when they first brought the gospel, the good news of Jesus, to both Philippi, the city down the road, and Thessalonica, both cities in modern-day Greece. Their visit, Paul says, was not without results. People came to trust in Jesus as their Lord and Saviour, the one who offered them God's forgiveness and eternal life. Their efforts in sharing Jesus were effective, but those efforts took a great deal of courage. When you go home today, if you've got some time, read chapters 16 and 17 from the book of Acts. It tells the story, Acts 16 and 17 tells the story of when Paul, Silas and Timothy first arrived in both Philippi and then in Thessalonica. You'll read the story of the opposition they faced simply for being public Christians trying to share Jesus with others. And that story will include beatings and imprisonment and riots. And despite these hardships, Paul reminds the Thessalonians that with the help of God, he says, with God's help, with the help of God, they dared to tell them God's gospel in the face of strong opposition. Sharing Jesus will always require a measure, a measure of courage. In many places in our world today, sharing Jesus can cost you your liberty and even your life. The Church Missionary Society, CMS, currently has missionaries serving in the Middle East and in parts of Asia where they face daily the risk of imprisonment or deportation if it's discovered that they've gone there to share the good news of Jesus with others. And where local Christians that they serve alongside face imprisonment and even loss of life. But because we think Jesus is worth it, because we think Jesus' gospel, the good news about Jesus is worth it, we continue to send people from the safety and security of this land to very dangerous places to be a Christian. In gospel partnership with this church, Morris and Amanda are heading to Cambodia, where thankfully they will be able to share Jesus freely with others. The courage that they will require will be different. Courage to leave their four adult children, young adult children, in God's care. Courage to learn another language and culture. Courage to live without so many of the comforts that we take for granted here in Australia. Well, what about us, who are not being sent to the nations, but are being sent this week by God, to our families, friends, our workmates and our neighbours. We will also need courage to both speak of Jesus and to live lives that commend Jesus to others. Our nation is increasingly turning away from the Christian narrative that's been its foundational story these past 200 years. Being a Christian puts us in the minority in our schools, our workplaces and at social gatherings. And yet our friends and families need Jesus as much today as ever. 
we will need courage for the missional task of reaching Lindisfarne, reaching Hobart, reaching Tasmania for Jesus. Paul wrote that it was God's help that enabled him to be courageous in telling God's story about Jesus. We too can expect God's help as we tell others about Jesus. Let's now think about missional character. CMS believes that one of the most critical elements of effective mission activity is the quality of the people we send. The character of our mission missionaries matters more to us than their ability to communicate Jesus. We can teach people the skills in, to share Jesus, but what we look for is a deep, mature Christian character in those that we send. This is why we subject our missionary applicants to months of interviews, up to 10 separate interviews. We obtain multiple references. We spend five months, or they spend five months, doing cross-cultural training at our missional college, St Andrews Hall, uh, living amongst the staff there, not realising that we're watching their every move, whether they use their fork in the right hand or the left. No, we don't go quite that far. But, but we're looking for people of Christian character. We can teach people skills in sharing the faith. We look for character. Character trumps technique. I can assure you that Amanda and Morris have been thoroughly examined and CMS is satisfied that they have the character to share Jesus with the people of Cambodia with integrity and pure motives. And that's what Paul says they need to have and we need to have. In our reading, Paul speaks about the character of the Christian who shares the story of Jesus with others. At verses 3 and 5, Paul reminds the Thessalonians that when he and his two friends first came to them, they shared the Christian story and ministered amongst them with pure motives, without any trickery or flattery and without greed. We read at verse 3, For the appeal we make does not spring from impure motives or error nor are we trying to trick you you know verse 5 you know we never use flattery nor did we put up uh, put on a mask to cover up greed god is our witness the week before i entered what would become 15 years of school chaplaincy a wise friend a baptist pastor counseled me saying remember scott who you are will be more important than what you say. Who you are will be more important than what you say. He wasn't counselling me not to share with words the Jesus story. He was just cautioning to make sure that the life I lived amongst the students and staff of Launceston Grammar and then St Michael's Collegiate would match the message that I was proclaiming. Words and deeds have to go hand in hand. We must show people Christ through both our Christ-like actions and Christ-like character, even as we tell them the great truths of Christianity about Jesus, the cross, the resurrection, the forgiveness and eternal life that only Jesus offers to the people of this world. Paul, Silas and Timothy were able to witness and to minister with great integrity because their goal was not to be people-pleasers. We spend so much of our lives worrying about what others think about us and think about what we're doing. We read that they weren't looking for the applause and the praise of the crowds. 
nor were they after their money. They simply wanted to commend Christ in their words and in their deeds. And so at verse 4 we read, On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. And then at verse 6, we were not looking for praise from people, not from you or anyone else. Knowing that it was God ultimately that opens someone's heart to the good news that someone might accept Jesus, they were content to just speak of Jesus, to live lives that commended Jesus and then leave all the results and public opinion, leave all of that to God. God had called them, equipped them to share the good news, to share his story. Their role was simply to faithfully live and tell out that story with integrity. Ultimately, they ministered to an audience of one. As we go out from this church this week, may we, like Paul, minister with integrity. And remember that our character and our actions will be just as important, if not more important, than the, the actual words we say. And having faithfully shared Jesus through both our words and our actions, let us rest content knowing that it's not people we need to please, but let us live for that audience of one. Let us live solely to please God. There are many reasons we should be about God's mission, telling others the good news of Jesus' life, death and resurrection. But I think the best motivation is love. I didn't sense in the Burke Street Mall evangelist a deep and abiding love, care and affection for me nor for those that he was shouting at, who stood alongside me. Well, what motivated Paul, Silas and Timothy to share Jesus with the people of Thessalonica? It was a deep care, love and affection for them. Verse 7, the second half of verse 7 says, Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much... We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Because we cared for you, because we loved you so much. Paul, Silas and Timothy's missional motivation was deep affection and love and care for those who were yet to know Jesus. Amanda and Morris having been to Cambodia over a dozen times on short-term mission trips and now committing to bringing Christ to Cambodia for at least the next seven years. CMS has a rule that unless you go and do two, three-year deployments, we're not interested in you. We're a long-term mission-sending agency. So they might go for seven or for 27 years. Why are they going to invest that much of their lives sharing Jesus to the people of Cambodia because God has given them that deep care and affection uh, that Paul talks about in this reading. The text that Morris and Amanda have chosen on their prayer cards, which I hope you'll all fill out, even if you just fill them out with your name and your email address so you can be praying for them, even if that's all you can do, that is a, an amazing contribution to their mission. So please do that. But the, on the prayer cards, you'll see there's a text that they've chosen. All of our missionaries choose one text uh, that will sort of become their, 
their guiding biblical verse as they go about mission. And they've chosen a reading or a text, a verse, that is part of this wider reading we're examining today. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Morris told me that he was on a trip driving in rural Cambodia a few years ago, going past village after village, and he knew that the people in those villages had not heard of Jesus, and he knew that they lived in deep fear of ancestor spirits. So it's a predominantly Buddhist country, but it's mixed with an animism. Uh, They're animistic, uh, where they still believe in the ancestor spirits, and they live in darkness, fearful of the ancestor spirits. And most of them, in village after village, have never had anyone come to them and tell them the good news of Jesus, the liberating message of Jesus, the freedom that comes when we receive God's salvation through trust in Jesus. Amanda and Morris chose this verse because it's their desire not only to bring this liberating message of Jesus uh, to these villagers, but to share their lives with those villagers, to live amongst those that they're communicating the gospel to. They will go confident that Jesus, the great saviour and liberator of people, deeply loves Cambodia and its people and desires that its people live without fear, come out of the darkness into the wonderful light that Jesus brings. Paul's deep care, love and affection for the Thessalonians and Morris and Amanda's deep love for the people of Cambodia is a vivid, uh, is vividly illustrated by an image that Paul provides for us. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Paul writes that they were gentle with the Thessalonians, like a nursing mother caring for her children. One of the most beautiful images I'll carry with me uh, throughout the rest of my life is of my wife, Jan, when our four children, who are now 15 to 21, were infants, and my wife nursing them. Friends, let love be our mission or motivation. Have we been touched, blessed and transformed by the love of Jesus? Is that your story? Do we believe that belonging to this community of Christ followers, this community of Christian love, this church, is better than belonging to any other community group that the world has to offer us? Then... Having experienced the love of Jesus in our lives and in his church, let us share that love with others. Let us share our lives with others. Let us give our lives in loving service of friend, family and neighbour. That they might likewise experience the love of Jesus in their life. Let's tell them of the love of God that you have found in Jesus. And let's show them that love as we live among them. Let us not be like the lawyer who, in defending his client, avoids quite understandably getting too emotionally involved in every case. Or the surgeon who seeks not to be too attached to the suffering and grieving of every patient and their family. Rather, let us be like Paul, 
Let us be like Amanda and Morris. Let's go all in in our love and service of the people of Lindisfarne. Like Paul, may we delight to share not only the good news of Jesus, but our very lives as well. Let us pray. Jesus, give us the courage necessary to tell others about you. Jesus, develop our character that we might share your story with integrity. Jesus, give us a deep and abiding care and affection for those we know who are yet to know you. Amen.